The PBS NewsHour podcast is supported in part by Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. What if we could block a protein to stop runaway cell division? Dana-Farber Cancer Institute laid the foundation for CDK4-6 inhibitors, drugs designed to treat many advanced breast cancers. Learn more at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. A lot of people do a lot of things in search of a long and healthy life. Complicated diet plans, gym memberships, and expensive dietary supplements. But in a four-part Netflix series called Live to 100, Secrets of the Blue Zone, best-selling author Dan Buettner says a lot of that is misguided. He traveled to places he calls blue zones, where more people live significantly longer than average, trying to figure out how they do it. Recently, I spoke with Buettner and asked him why he chose to start a series on longevity in a cemetery. I think it's facing the inevitable. Uh, we're all going to get frail. Uh, we're all going to die. But uh, when we, uh, how long we want to be on this earth, we have a lot of say in that matter. So we started uh, at the end and, and then went back from there. When you found these blue zones, were there some themes running through all of them? Yes. If you want to know what a 100-year-old ate to live to be 100, you have to know what she was eating as a child and middle age and newly retired. So to get at that, uh, we found 155 dietary surveys done in all five blue zones over the last 80 years, and we averaged them with the help of Harvard. And we found that 90 to 95% they're eating a whole food plant-based diet, meat only about five times per month. And contrary to a lot of sort of keto slash paleo diet advice, it's mostly carbohydrates, complex carbohydrates, which I think shocks a lot of people. When I first started writing about this, I did a cover story for National Geographic in 2005. Nobody was connecting loneliness to longevity. And I was pointing out the importance of strong social connections and social circles. And it turns out that's worth about seven years of extra life expectancy. But the big revelation, and you never hear about it because it's not sexy and marketers can't sell you things, but long, an extra 10 years of life expectancy is the sum of lots of small improvements we, we make in our lives, mostly in our environment, applied for decades. Are these blue zones in any way endangered? You talk about Okinawa now having an obesity problem, that family in Costa Rica where the young boy just wants cereal. Are these in, endangered locations? As soon as the American food culture comes in the front door, longevity goes out the back door. And I'm giving most of these blue zones a half a generation before they completely adopt our way of life and therefore start adopting our obesity rates and diabetes and heart disease rates. It's a tragedy, actually. But at the same time, you also tried to create some blue zones in Albert Lee, Minnesota and Fort Worth, Texas. What lessons did you learn from that? The big lesson is don't try to change your behavior. You'll fail for almost all the people almost all the time in the long run. You change people's environments. In other words, you design for health. Our Blue Zone projects unleash a swarm of healthy nudges and defaults that are put in place for years. They're mostly environmental, making cities walkable, policies that favor healthy food over junk food and so forth. And setting Americans up for success, as opposed to the failure our food environment portends right now, every city we work in, we've seen major improvements in people's health, and we've seen obesity drop, and we've seen uh, uh, healthcare cost savings in the, in the hundreds of millions of dollars. So it sounds like it's not just personal behavior, but it's also, as you say, policies, making cities more walkable, designing, you know, streets and neighborhoods like that. 
I have no faith and I don't know of any research where you can change a population's health by trying to convince individuals to change their behavior or somehow imbue them with responsibility. We're genetically hardwired to crave fat, salt, and sugar and take rest whenever we want. So unless we set up our environment where it's easy for us to eat, basically whole food, plant-based, easier for us to walk than it is to drive, we're going to continue to see uh, healthcare costs in the trillions as we're seeing today in America. You talked also about in the uh, the series about something we've talked about on this broadcast, the fact that life expectancy is becoming shorter. And a lot of it is because younger people are dying from suicides, homicides, drug overdoses, and car accidents, all preventable. This, none of this is, a, is an organic problem. Did you learn anything in, in your work uh, that would relate to that? The number one killer in America is our diet. We lose about 660,000 Americans prematurely to the way we eat. If we don't take aim at that, these other things are more peripheral. In Singapore, which I dubbed a Blue Zone 2.0, individuals cannot own guns. In America, we lost 55,000 people to gun deaths last year. That dragged down the life expectancy. In Singapore, they lost two. They're very tough on drugs in Singapore. I mean, if you could be put to death for, for selling drugs in Singapore. But the other side of that equation, only 15 people died last year in drug overdoses, whereas we lost almost 110,000 Americans in drug overdoses last year or drug-related deaths. So yes, there are lots of things on the fringes, but the big thing we need to take aim at is our diet. And until we get that squared away, the rest of the stuff is rounding error. Toward the end of the series, you say the same things that help us live a long, healthy life are the things that make life worth living. Are you saying that if we concentrate on the quality of life, that the quantity of life will come? The concentrating on quality of life helps. But these uh, Silicon uh, multimillionaires shooting themselves up with uh, young people's blood and, and working out six hours a day and taking all these weird pills and genetic interventions, people in blue zones are living a long time because they're socializing, because they know their purpose and they live their purpose. They live near nature. They keep their families close by. And we can map all of these to higher life expectancy. So the big point for blue zones is if you adopt the blue zones way of life, you not only stack the deck in favor of longevity, but you can be pretty sure the journey is gonna be pleasurable. Did you change anything in your life based on what you learned? Yes, I, become, I became mostly plant-based. I, I don't eat meat anymore. I used to be an ultra marathon cyclist, and now I do things like play pickleball and uh, take walks because I know that favors my longevity more than hardcore physical activity. I got very clear on my purpose. It's very hard to get me to do things that aren't right down the, the strike lane of, of, of my values and what I'm good at and what I like to do and how I can give back. And I've also prioritized family because I know keeping your uh, family nearby adds three or four years of life expectancy over being single and alone. The series is Live to 100 Secrets of the Blue Zones. Dan Butner is uh, the host and one of the executive producers. Thank you very much. We'll see you when you're 100, John. <laughs> it's a deal. All right.